But sometimes it can be hard to meditate and to sit down and, and do nothing for a little bit. You may be able to find activities that you naturally go into a Zen state with and you can use that to be a little bit more engaged with your life. Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Barry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. If you ever have found yourself in a dark place, devoid of joy and happiness, or unsure of your next step, the award-winning debut novel, The Little Book of Greatness, by today's guest, Ari Gunsberg, will resonate with you. It's the story of David as he sits atop a cliff, wondering why his life should go on. The Little Book of Greatness has been compared to The Alchemist, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and The Secret. Unlike those books, Gunsberg says the framework of his book and The Five Keys of Greatness also will resonate with teens who often feel overwhelmed, alone, and unable to handle the pressures they face. If you or your children or your grandchildren need to regain confidence and discover a purpose for your life, join David on his journey as he interacts with five people who help him discover a more fulfilling life. Welcome, Ari. Please tell us about the journey that allows David and your readers to discover the five keys of greatness. The framework of the little book of greatness to look at your life and say, am I weak in any of these areas? If I am, let me go ahead and improve that area to go ahead and bring greater fulfillment and greater happiness to my life. And it, it's, it looks at five keys, the five keys to greatness, I call them. The five keys, you can remember them with a mnemonic, the word great, G-R-E-A-T, five keys to greatness. You use the word great, G-R-E-A-T, to remember them. The first one is give, to be more giving in your life. And that can mean time, it can mean money, it can mean presence, it can mean awareness. The R stands for reason, defining a reason or a purpose for living. If somebody's still working, if they're still in their stage of their life where they have a career, then you can define a reason for being at home and you can define a reason for being at work. I like to say that for every major area of your life, define a purpose. The third one is engage or uh, presence, to be more present in the present moment. So not being distracted by phones or by the TV or let's say you're sitting down to visit with family, don't have the TV on. If you're watching TV, have the TV on. But if you're sitting down to visit, be more focused, be more engaged on the things around you. If, you, if somebody wanted to look more into this, one version of this that is talked about a lot is mindfulness. You know, just being more mindful, it's being more present, it's just being more in the moment and less in 10 different places at once. The A in great is for amazing, aka positivity. The more that we can view our life with a level of positivity, the better off we are. And the last one is T for tenacity, persistent. People who have accomplished great things in their lives generally almost always are doing it. It's, it's the result of a tremendous amount of 
persistence and perseverance. Even for the people who did a tiny little thing and it became this massive success, it's usually because they spent a number of years doing grunt work in a related field that they were then able to go ahead and take that information, apply it to something else, and boom, bit, you know, something took off. So those are the five keys to greatness because there's so many things that make a really good life. You know, I mean, gratitude, but gratitude you can look at either as being part of positivity or as being part of giving or, you know, there's a few different places where you can put it depending on what type of gratitude you're doing. Happiness, really, this whole thing will help exude happiness. And happiness is not really a state that we can just be in. It's more of a it's more of a state that we can work towards by by focusing on the things that are important to us. Charity, right? Charity is really important and it helps the world move and it helps in so many different ways. Well, yeah, that can fall into this larger category, giving. So went through a, ma- a, a, num- a number of ideas of like what things and should I include them and should I not and Basically, if they're not in one of the five keys, it's because I felt like they were a subsidiary category of one of the five keys. My daughter was a year early for sleepaway camp, right? Sleepaway camp, you have to be a certain age. And so she was the year before that. And the camp that my mother-in-law has been working at for many, many years had a position open for a camp driver. And it happens to be that like the, the way that the timing worked out, I basically had enough availability to say yes to that by going with the whole family to the camp, I was able to give my daughter an opportunity to be in sleepaway camp at the camp her grandmother cooks in. You never know how life turns out. The year that you think you can make it happen, that your daughter can go to a sleepaway camp, you never know. The next year, you know, maybe her grandmother's not going to want to work anymore because she's been working there for so many years and she's ready to just be done. Maybe this, maybe that. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen that that would prevent her from being at camp with her with her grandmother. So when we had that opportunity, I said to my wife, I said, we just got to jump. We got to give her that that moment to be to be at camp with her grandmother. So we, we ended up going and I was the driver for the camp, which meant that I was behind the wheel of a van, just tons and tons of driving. And it was during those miles that I was racking up in the car that I thought about this concept you know i didn't even have a name for it what was it going to be i just need to come up with like some type of framework to like synthesize what i'm trying to tell people and put it into something that's really easily digestible and i came up with the five keys to greatness but i came up with the mnemonic just remember the word great it's just a hint for what each letter stands for and boom you have the five keys to greatness and you can just you know you're walking taking a walk in the woods well let me look at my life right now how am i doing with my level of giving how am i doing with my stated purpose in life my reason how am I doing with my engagement? How am I doing with my positivity, my amazingness? And how am I doing with my tenacity? I like the amazing in that you talk about your positive thoughts, like always try to put a positive spin on whatever happens to you. I taught high school and I used to tell some of my students to change the scripts in their head, that they were always negative, that they felt like the other teachers were always against them. They were never going to learn algebra. They were never going to graduate. They were never going to do this, never going to do that. And I would say, change the scripts. And they would look at me like, what are you talking about? Change the movie that's playing in your head. Instead of it being the negative one, think about it in a positive way. Watch yourself acing that algebra test. Watch yourself going across the graduation stage. See yourself going off to trade school or to college or to this fabulous job after you graduate and hold those thoughts in your head, not the negative ones. So I was really impressed when I read your book and and you basically are saying the same thing. It's all the way you look at whatever life hands you. The world is kind of a mirror in the sense that what 
we see is often what we experience. If we, as you said, change the scripts, then we can change what we see. And, and you know, I've, I've seen this multiple times. I mean, the example that I've given is cycling. I have a, a point of view with cycling that, yeah, I mean, of course it's dangerous, but, you know, basically, like, I don't view the drivers as the enemy, if that makes sense. You know, like, we're all on the road together. Like, we should just be all on the road together. No problem. I have no stories of any altercations with the drivers. Ever. A couple times somebody honked when I wasn't expecting it, which, by the way, if you are a driver and you're near a cyclist, it's much louder than you – a honk from a car is much louder than you, than you would think. But, you know, so once, or, once or twice I've had somebody honk at me, sometimes just to tell me that they're behind me. That's it. Nothing more than that. And yet I know people who ride bikes who have stuff happen like where they're like, a truck almost ran me over, you know, because they're because they're seeing the cars as like enemies and there's not the cars, the people in the cars. They're seeing they have this worldview that the cars are out to get them. Basically, everything is constantly a fight and the this and a that and whatever. And they've got tons of stories of these things happening. And I always question are these things happening because these things happen or are these things happening because of the, of their, like, meaning like, do they have like a slight attitude in the way that they're on their bike and the way that they're near cars and the way that they're reacting, the way that they're acting, meaning their worldview, the car, that people in cars are kind of like the enemy. Is that causing to some degree what they're experiencing as opposed to somebody like me who's like, yeah, whatever, you know, we have the road, we're all good. And then like somebody gets upset and I blow it off. And so like, I don't really have any of these stories because I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, we should just be on the road. We should make it work and et cetera. So it's, it's always been something that I've always been wondering, but I, uh, to a large degree, what we decide to see in the world, the story that we tell ourselves about a particular situation is generally speaking, what is what we're going to see. I have another example. Recently, somebody I know started up with a new thing. After the first day, one thing happened. And so they judged everything about that particular thing based on that moment and said, nope, not going to do it. A few weeks later, they said, you know what, maybe I should give this another shot. They gave it another shot. And their judgment that they had made based off of one thing happening that was this person who's running the thing is not qualified and doesn't actually have the skills in order to do this was completely unfounded and completely not true. And when they gave it another shot, which it's a good thing that they did, when they gave it another shot, they found out like, oh, actually, I was wrong. When I jumped to conclusions, when I had this view of like, nope, this is what's going on. Okay, move it. It was wrong. So we have to like just give ourselves the opportunity to see that things may not be exactly as we initially thought that they were. And sometimes when we look at things with the wrong mindset, with the wrong lens, it's not it's not exactly what we what is really going on. Can you give us a few more examples of the acronym great? So giving there's so many ways as a grandparent with grandkids, you know, one of the ways might be hey, let's sit down and read a book. My mother when she's with my kids, first of all, she's very 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 aware of what is age appropriate in the sense that if she's playing with a three-year-old, she tries to play on the three-year-old's level as opposed to saying, this is what I want to do. Let's go do it. She exercised and she trained her body to be able to sit on the floor. The main thing is that she she's able to give her time to the kids so completely because she's focused on being able to do that. So that's that's giving, you know, and it, and it could be charity. It could be, it, you know, you could do it in a way that there's so many ways to do it. And somebody looks a little glum, you give them a smile, you say, Hey, how you doing? You know, it's, that's also giving. Taking your, your granddaughter to a soup kitchen and helping to serve dinner or, or lunch. Yeah. I mean, anytime, anytime you want to go do something, uh, you know, you can always just evaluate what you're going to go do and see if you can bring a kid involved. You know, I mean, it, we were talking before about giving kids confidence, giving kids the time of day 
is what they actually need. They don't need the social media. They don't need the watching. They don't need this. For their own true proper development, they need adults to notice them and to treat them like people. There was a particular time I needed to like get some exercise in and I was like, I just have to go hiking. I'm just going to go. And I, I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to take my daughter with me. I took my, she was four to four at the time. So I took my four-year-old daughter with me and I still was able to get the hike in. Maybe I didn't do it quite as fast or quite as intense as I would have done. But like she came home feeling like a million dollars because she's like, I got to go out. It was just me and him. And we got to do this and we got to do that. So when you have stuff to do anyways, if somebody's going to volunteer at a soup kitchen, you take your grandkid. kid. Yeah, I mean, that gives your grandkid, a, a, you know, there's the the, ta- the the conversation on the way there. There's a conversation on the way back. There's the time there. They see that you're giving them. There's so many aspects to giving that are happening over there. The reason, reason the, to, to create a purpose, uh, you know, there's reason like if somebody's a construction worker they can sit there and say oh man i have to go to work again today or they can sit there and say the purpose for what i do at work is to create a safe warm and protected home for people and so every single second that they're at work they are fulfilling this purpose of giving people a place to live and giving people a place to be and to be safe and to create a home etc as opposed to, oh, I gotta go to work again today. Oh, I gotta lift this board again today. I gotta nail this board in over here. Oh man, this is not working and that's not working. So it just changes the entire existence in a very positive way. Engagement, an example would be, you know, if you're doing the dishes, you can sometimes choose to be in another world and be thinking about other stuff and, and maybe ruminating, maybe just whatever, or you can take a moment and you can be fully and totally engaged in what you're doing and try and not think about anything except for the dishwashing that you're doing. And you turn it from a mundane task to a level of meditation, which is has been shown time and time again by all types of studies that meditation is tremendously healthy and it helps our brains in a, in a really big way. And so by taking that mundane task and turning it into something that you are being mindful about, you know, you, you have the chance to elevate it into something that's much more meaningful. And it's not that dishes are meaningful per se, by blocking everything else out, it's kind of like you give your brain a rest and that, that makes a big difference. My husband and I had horses and we have lots of friends who have horses. And one of the things that I hated to do was muck the stalls. To me, that was just, well, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I got to go down and, and shovel the poop. I had a friend tell me that that was kind of the highlight of her day. (laughs) I remember looking at her like, you got to be kidding me. She was doing exactly what you just said. She was just kind of meditating and at the same time was leveling out the, the dirt in the stalls and making sure everything was clean and giving her horse a wonderful, safe home, not one that he had pawed and made holes in or whatever. So Her whole goal was to give her horse the best possible home she could give him. And when I started thinking that way, when I reframed my job of going down to the barn, I thought, you know what, she's right. And I stopped dreading it. And I can't say that I meditated on it, but I it was a different mindset. And I didn't mind going down there as much because I love the horses and I did want it to be safe and clean and healthy for them. That one example that I can give you from my own life. And it was a definite turnaround. It's, that's the whole thing is that is that we have these tasks that we have to do and we they can be a chore and, and terrible or we can sit there and, and you know put ourselves fully and move totally into them and they can be actually enjoyable or at least not uh, unenjoyable. And, you know, my mom 
my mom learned how to do spinning, which most people think of biking, but spinning meaning like taking wool and turning it into yarn and also how to, how to knit. And so both of those activities are very meditative for her. They're very soothing. They're very relaxing. And like, you know, she can sit there and she can go into like a Zen state in front of her spinning wheel, turning the, the wool into yarn and whatnot. As a kid, I actually learned how to spin also. I'm not very good at practice, but but I still know how to do it, as I showed her a few months ago. The point is that if you can find activities that you enjoy that put you into that Zen state, that also is definitely helpful because, you know, sometimes it can be hard to meditate and to sit down and, and do nothing for a little bit. You may be able to find activities that, that you naturally go into a Zen state with and you can use that to be a little bit more engaged with your life. We did talk about amazing just before when we were talking about positivity and reframing with your students and whatnot. So I'm just going to jump over that one right now. And then tenacity. Um, a great example of it is if somebody decides to do something like a marathon or a charity bike ride is the case in my particular life. And so they're on that actual ride, they're on that actual run. And let's say they've only ever done 18 mile, an 18 mile run before and they've got eight miles more to go. So they get up to that 18 mile marker and they're like, I'm exhausted, I'm done. If they sit there and put their brain into persistence mode, into grind mode, into I'm just going to get it done mode, same thing on the bike rides that I've done. Like You can get to the point where you are physically miserable and a lot of people would pick up and say, forget it, I'm done. But you don't have to. You know, you can sit there and, and say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I have to do. And you can kind of just shift your whole being into get it done mode. And I'm not talking about causing injury. You can, um, you, you can kind of like just, you can turn the whole thing around by putting yourself into this mode of, I'm going to get it done. I'll, you know, and, and a great example right now that I'm experiencing, um, I've been, I've been expanding my wilderness experiences business. And so one of the things that I realized is I need to have a little bit more experience and finesse on the water for when I go out with people, like let's say kayaking or paddling or whatever it is. And so I'm in the middle of doing what uh, whitewater kayaking classes, you know, and the first part of that is learning all the strokes and learning how to roll and learning how to this. Like I haven't, we haven't even been in whitewater yet because they're working on the basics, right? They're working on the fundamentals. They're like, you need to learn the fundamentals in flat water before you can ever put them into place in whitewater, which makes a lot of sense, but it's, it, you know, it doesn't give you that, you know, a lot of people will be like, get them on whitewater as quickly as you possibly can, because that'll keep them coming back for more. That's not what they're doing, which is cool but also like a little bit frustrating, but then, but then you're going out there and this is what I'm dealing with right now is it's really, really hard, or at least it's really, really hard for me. I mean, uh, you know, I start paddling and I turn and my kayak turns in a complete circle, not upside down, just it turns in a complete circle because my, my weight balance is a little bit off. Right. So like I'm, I'm shifting my weight in a way that I don't fully understand. And I just, my whole kayak just starts spinning around. And, you know, trying to learn the role and it's, it's still early on. Like I haven't been doing this for very long, but like trying to learn the role, like I'm just not quite getting it. So like there's a level of frustration that people will feel when they're doing a new, when they're learning a new skill. And I'm, I'm experiencing that right now. And, and the knee jerk reaction often is forget it. This is too hard. I'm done. And it happens to all of us. It happens to me. I'm saying I'm sitting there and I'm trying to learn this new skill that I know is important to be able to continue to take people out as safely as possible into the, into the wild. But it's really, really hard. And so the, again, the knee jerk reaction for all of us is forget it. It's too hard. I'm not doing it. And what we have to realize is that everybody experiences difficult things. And the more that we're able to say, look, I'm just going to persist and I'm going to, I'm going to do what needs to be done to accomplish this, the better off will be because then once we hit that moment we're like wow that was amazing i'll give you one more example over the summer when i was i was running one of the one of the things i was doing was running a camp for um for my wilderness program 
and we went kayaking on the Shenandoah River. We start off from one point and we get up to a point that's three miles down the river that we could stop at that point, leave the kayaks there, and we're done. And so I was with this group and we went three miles down the river and I said, look, guys, it's really up to you. Like, I'm not going to force you to go the rest of the way down the river. It was four more miles down the river. I was like, I'm not going to force you to go four more miles down the river. Uh, you know, if you guys, if you guys vote and you guys are all done and you want to just be done, we'll just go to our next thing. That's totally fine. I think that you'll all enjoy it. I think you'll have a good time. I think it'll be good for you, but it's your choice. And I kind of like left it up to the group and ultimately they decided to continue. Right. Cause you know, they were a little tired. It was sunny. It was this, it was that. It's a little bit of whatever. We have to go fast. I mean, there's all these reasons why maybe they could have sat there and stopped the three miles. We did the seven miles. We get up to the takeout. And I look around and I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, was it worth it? And they're like, definitely. I feel so much more accomplished now that I stuck with it and did the full seven miles than if I had stopped at three miles. Every single one of them was overall like, meaning, you know what I'm saying? Like there was like that moment of maybe we just shouldn't do this. Maybe we should just, you know, give up. And they said, no, we're not going to give up. We're going to continue, even though we're not really sure. And they, every single one of them was like, no, this definitely was a good idea to, to do the whole thing. Another example is something that you and I are familiar with, and that is authors who write and write and write and submit proposal after proposal after proposal, only to be turned down by agents and publishers. And then, like John Gresham and so many other authors, suddenly your book is a New York Times bestseller, and people think you're an overnight success. And they don't realize that you have worked very, very hard. It's like Joanne Rowley, who wrote the Harry Potter. I mean, look how many times she was rejected. And then all of a sudden, what appears to be all of a sudden, she's internationally famous. So it's a matter yeah. of whatever your passion is, don't give up. Just keep being persistent with it. That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, the world is changed by persistent people and the world is the, the people who, who just don't bring that level of persistence to what they're doing are the people who are, you know, forgotten in the in the scrapbook of history. That's a good quote. Well, with that, please tell the listeners again the title of your book and where they can find it and where they can find you on the internet. Absolutely. The best place to find me is ariguns.com, A-R-I-G-U-N-Z.com. So it's just ariguns with a Z.com. And the book is called The Little Book of Greatness. If you want to download the first two chapters for free, you can go to littlebookofgreatness.com, spelled exactly as you would think it's spelled. And I just, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Before we actually end, is there any advice or words of wisdom you want to share with our listeners? Closing words of wisdom. Just going to go back with what we were talking about with the kids. Give the kids the time of day so that they see that they're worth the time of day. That is so poignant and so important. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.